I hate to whinge, but my hypnotist couldn't turn me straight. Hello, welcome to I Hate to Whinge, the podcast. I'm Rosie Panetta, and yep, this week we talked to a bloke who tried to ungay himself with the help of a hypnotist. That guy happens to be a friend, colleague, and all-round good guy from Tasmania, Matty Newell. You might know Maddie's face. He did a little show called My Kitchen Rules back in 2013. He was the lovable son in the father-son duo. Although you can't see it, he'll roll his eyes every time I bring it up. He brought this story up in a meeting, quite comically, only the other day at work, and I was astounded. I needed to know what drove a teenage boy to pay a hypnotist to try and, well, make him another person. We talk about his coming out story, some of the amazing reactions from his family and friends, and of course, as always, we nominate our favourite whingers of the week. Let's go back, though, to the story about the hypnotist and the 18-year-old boy who tried to make himself straight. I hate to whinge, but my hypnotist couldn't turn me straight. This story came up in a work meeting, and you told yeah. it like it was a funny story, but... <laughs> But it's not. It was that time in that in our meeting a few weeks ago when I told that. It's the first time I've told anyone about it. So I thought I need to talk about it more and share it with the masses. Mm-hmm. You're okay with this? Oh, I'm fine now. Okay. <laughs> because you really went to a hypnotist. Yep. When you were a teenager. Yep. I was I was uh, probably about around 18, 19. At, the, at this time, I was living in my grandmother's granny flat. Mm. So I was influenced a lot by my grandmother at the time. And she, yes. she's a very she, she's a, a very strong Christian woman. In in country, is it, is it fair to call uh, it country, Tasmania? Kind of just south of Hobart, Kingston. It's, it's yeah, like, you know, they're in big property, yeah. small towns. Yeah, okay. uh, she is a small town woman. Yep. Um, we say with love. So I do. I do love her. <laughs> But she'd always say negative things about gay people, right? And yeah. I was still working myself out at the time. I was in denial big time. I knew that I was attracted to guys, mm. but I couldn't uh, let myself um, kind of accept that yet because my family was so religious and I had all these beliefs in my mind about that at the time. Yeah. So I was doing some research online. First of all, <laughs> I, first of all, here's another one. First of all, I did try a therapist via Skype who was in America. He was 120 bucks for a half an hour session, and he claimed he could fix me. Right, so there's the first. How did one. you find? How did you find him? Just on the internet, confused. This that one wasn't a hypnotist. That one was just some crazy therapist and you in were America. Paying money. How I paid I... for one session, and then he kept saying, "Look, he kept emailing me when I said I didn't want to do it anymore because it cost so much money." He's like, "Yes, look, please." Uh, we will fix you and all this crap. We will fix you. Pretty much. Oh like their, their methods for fixing gay people and turning them into straight people because that's the way you're meant to be was like taking the uh, anger out that you never got out when you're a kid because apparently all people that are gay and are this- mad with their parents, which is ridiculous. So you were like smashing tennis rackets on pillows. To hit out the gayness. To hit out the gayness, which apparently because, you know, I, apparently I had a bad relationship with my dad, he told me, but I don't at all. Okay, but then... But then I tried something else about six months later, which was hypnosis. I love that you're smiling right now. Well, like you have to, I guess, because yeah. this is like well, almost ten years ago. No, uh, well, uh, well, I mean, I'm 24 now. It I was always about forget six how years little you ago, are. Okay, yeah, six, okay. five, six years ago. So it wasn't that long, actually. Um, 
Hobart's hypnosis place in Hobart. And I went in and I was like, look, I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop picturing men in my mind. <laughs> I have the same problem. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like them. Yeah. And he's, and I, basically I said to him, I can't help but look at men on the internet kind of thing, right? Now, this guy was a bit more accommodating than old mate America, Yeah, right? he was He was really nice guy. And I truly believe that he's a very smart man as well because we had a lot of, a big conversation about it. But you wanted to like hypnotize yourself out of this. Yeah. I, I didn't actually tell the hypnosis, the guy, that it was men. I said, I can't stop looking at images of women. Oh, so you. So I was still so insecure at that time and I was oh, pretending and wow. I was like, look, just, just hypnotize me to stop wanting to look at things on the internet. And, um, so he tried, mm. he tried for, I went for a few sessions. It was, it was crazy and obviously it didn't work. And then well, it I'm, was. I'm kind of glad. Oh. Sorry you wasted the money, but. Oh, I know. It's just, it was, it's sad that I went through that experience because I was so insecure about my own feelings. Yeah. So what would you now tell your 18 year old self or anyone who you know, mm. might be an 18 year old you right now. Mm, yeah. Um, just all the insecurities that you are going through right now, unless you are a very secure person, but me, Who is? Personally, you know, yeah, I wasn't at all. Yeah. Um, I was always worried about what other people were thinking of me and all that stuff. Just don't do it. Don't waste the time worrying what anyone else thinks of you. Just because it doesn't matter in the it end. It does not matter one bit. I couldn't care less what anyone thought of me anymore. Yeah, and I feel like I, well, I'm always thirty, and I still have to remind myself sometimes that. Yeah. So you, you would tell yourself what, just just do oh, it. Do, do it. what you love and be true to yourself. I waited way too long to be true to myself. There was, a, I mean, maybe the fear was that you would have had a worse reaction than you did. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and that that is the, the fear going a behind yeah. a lot of people. In the process before they come out, that's just, that's just so natural. Uh, hopefully, in one day and age, like 10, 15 years, maybe, well, even now, the young generation now, when they become adults, like they won't even have to go through this whole thing of coming out. It'll just just be like, hey, be a natural conversation. Hey, I'm bringing a boy home from work, yeah, from school. Cool, oh, cool, cool. What's know? his name? What does he eat peas? Yeah, you know. Um. <laughs> but anyway, that was what I would tell my 18 year old self. Just don't worry about. It. Any of that stuff. Which makes me go to last year and two years ago. So when you, you came out 2000. 2014. And this is after MKR. Yes. Yes. And this is after you started working at the radio station. Yeah. So I was working here for about a year before I came out. Why did you decide to, I mean, mm. yeah, why and when? <laughs> well, uh, when I first started working here, I actually dated a girl that I worked with And I want to get to that really soon if mm. we're allowed. So I dated her for six months and then I broke up with her because I knew at that point, deep down after dating her for six months, I mm. knew at that point that I was gay. And yeah. that's, that's the point that I knew it and I accepted it with myself. Yeah. And then it was another six months after that, which before I told anyone, before I told my family or anyone, and I told my sister first. She your older sister? Yeah, my older sister. And then she, I told mom. Yep. I told Woody, who we work with, the breakfast You told host. Woody before you told your dad? Yes, I did tell Woody wow. before I told Dad. Yeah. Um, so the da Dad was the very last person that I told her because I was always, you know, Dad's always, you know, they're more masculine, whatever, always making 
stupid remarks when I was a kid he's, about gay people. Yeah, and he's a blokey bloke. Like he, he loves is a really blokey bloke. He loves footy, yeah. and he's he's Mick. So the day that I told him, I was like, "Dad, do you want to come out for some lunch after work?" And and then I was just quiet the whole time. And then we <laughs> got to the goodbye part because I just couldn't do it. And he was like, "You were right, mate." And I was like, Look, Dad, just, just get in the car. I need to tell you something. So I sat in the car on the corner of Murray and Liverpool Street in it's the city the or something. Hobart. The middle of Hobart. Uh, and I was like, Dad, look, I don't think I'm uh, attracted to women. <laughs> and then and then he was actually so good. He was like, um, no, that's all right, mate. Uh, you know I'm here for you and all this stuff. But then I got a call from my sister half an hour later saying that as soon as we left each other, he called her <laughs> crying. <laughs> Saying I'm never going to have any grandkids. Was your sister offended? I know. Well, I don't know. Probably because now she does have a child, and he is a granddad, and I'm an uncle. We were all happy. She's like, um, I'm still here, mate. Yeah, exactly. I like that he kept face for you, though. That's nice. Yeah, it was awesome. And then also, just uh, it was another six months after I came out to my family and friends mm-hmm. and Woody that I actually made the decision to just talk about it on the radio openly. I didn't want to make a big song and dance about it, but I just wanted to feel the freedom to actually be able to talk about my partner on the radio, who was a guy, and not make a big deal out of it. Yeah, of course. So I did that. And then... And even just being seen around, you know, Hobart and... And then Dad also mentioned it, because he works on the opposition radio station, Dad also mentioned it up the road on the radio. Which is such a delicious little relationship. Yeah, it's so weird. (laughs) Got the competition. (laughs) For another day, but... But that day, after that day, he was approached in the mall in the city by a woman who said that we were both vile and abominations. Um, wow. It's such a minority, though. It's hardly ever happened. I've only experienced it once since coming out two years ago, but Dad just told her to get fucked. And you talk to thousands and thousands of people every day, mm. and the reaction was all positive. It was oh, unbelievable or... support. Yeah, okay. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was great. Do you look back? Mm-hmm. MKR days, right? No, the, the listen, reminiscing. Listen out yeah. when you were like, you know, in the closet, but you were like in Sydney and Melbourne. Did you film mm. Sydney? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you Sydney. were. I'm guessing the rate, like you know, there was probably a bigger pool of men. There were one, yeah. of, the, for, one of the former contestants <laughs> who was. Um, uh, he was one of the guys from Sydney. He was a personal trainer. Yep. He was like a really gorgeous guy mm-hmm. and he was gay and I knew he was gay because he was openly gay, but mm-hmm. I was shy and wasn't out yet. And I was like, oh, hey, Luke. I mean, you don't want to regret anything, but do you like think, oh, if only. If only. <laughs> if only I had known who I was younger. Uh, where is he now? Can we find him? <laughs> yeah, I'll look him up. I think I've still got his number. <laughs> Damn it. Who was it? Can we name him? Yeah, his name was, it was Luke Hines. So he was Luke and Scott. They were the Sydney boys who are now all about health and nutrition, paleo and all that stuff. They're with Pete Evans on the big paleo trail. Oh, yeah. But let's find his number. Luke, he, he's ac- Luke has actually personally trained Angelina Jolie when she comes to Australia to film movies. He's okay, her PT. Okay, so no fingers, joke. fingers crossed Luke's listening. Hi, Luke. Yeah, get, hi, Luke. Get in touch. Yeah, uh, we're call in, me. We're in Hobart. <laughs> Come find us. Jump on the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Come live here. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's not as warm as Bondi Beach, but you know, whatever. We work in radio. Mm. I've always thought about this. Like, there's not many different types of people. I don't think there's that much diversity on Australian radio. And I think, you know, I can't think of one gay man on breakfast radio who isn't the entertainment reporter, you know? I know what you mean. 
There's like there's like the bloke who used to play footy or he's the blokey bloke. He's your dad. Yeah. And then there's the girl yep. who I never felt like I fit the girl mould. Yeah. Do you feel like, you know, it's time for that? For some more diversity. Yeah. Totally. I absolutely do think because these days the only people you ever see getting into breakfast radio in bigger markets are people from a reality show. <laughs> Says uh, the guy from MKR. Ironically, coming from me. <laughs> But believe it or not, before I went on MKR, I was working in the media. Were you? Yeah, I worked at a newspaper and I was doing voiceover training and singing training. I always wanted to do something with my voice. So it yeah, just worked okay. out. All right. But but you do see people that I actually, I personally don't think have the greatest talent at being a radio announcer, becoming breakfast radio announcers these days in really big cities yeah. just because they're on a reality show and people know who they are. Yeah, I've often thought that. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and it sucks because yeah, people like, with real true talent don't get the opportunity yeah, and just you just you just always end up with the same personas. Same, yes, and agree. Totally similar agree. stories, and yeah, you know. Mm. Now, um, you mentioned. Um, can we talk about the ex girlfriend? Oh yeah, if you want. Well, this is well, I do because <laughs> you were dating her. Yes. And okay, so she, you broke up with her. Yeah. But you broke. You didn't tell her it was because you were gay. Not at that point. Not till a few months. What did later. you tell her? Um, I you, just you, you're not. Oh, he's a nice guy. I'm putting like myself Maddie back Mule. into that night. That was a bad night. Um, oh, oh I think sods. I just said I'm not ready for it. Relationship, okay. yeah. And she it was actually much easier. Like I've just recently gone through a breakup last week, which was a really awful breakup. Mm. Now that I think about my breakup with my girlfriend a couple of years ago, that was actually quite good. Like she just said, just leave. So I left. Yeah. But then it was awkward because we had to keep working. With each oh, other. That, there's so many layers that make oh. this horrible. No, because then when she found out, mm. when you came out, she found out that clearly, you know, your head was in a different place and she got really angry about it. She, Yeah, she was pretty upset because her- And he's never said anything bad about this. Like you did share that you were hurt that she was hurt. Uh, yeah, I was hurt that she was hurt. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, she was hurt because her long-term relationship before me, he also turned out to be gay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So she'd only been in two kind of serious relationships, the guy before me and me, and we both turned out to be gay on her, which was a bit awkward for everyone. Oh, gosh. Is she with a man again? I don't. She, she's well, just... To be fair, we don't talk anymore at all. Okay. All right. So it wasn't just you that made her angry. It was the whole. Yeah, it was the thing. whole thing because she, she swear she swore that she had a cursed vagina and yeah, that's what she can, that's can what we, she can, said. Can we keep that in the podcast? <laughs> can, can we keep that in? I'll keep it in. She won't mind. She won't mind. We're not going to name her. We don't her. talk anymore anyway. What's she going to do? Block well, me on Facebook well, again? Well, I thought if you're with someone for so long, <laughs> and I'm just saying this from like this beautiful utopia that I live in of what ifs. <laughs> But if like my partner came to me and then I found out later that we broke up and he was gay, mm. I would feel like, I don't know, like I'd be happy for him mm. to come out and be. In a I way, mean, Casey, It's easy for me to say, like, but I know I've seen yeah. friends and they've come out and I'm like, I'm so happy that you've finally, you know, found your truth and you've yeah. just been the best version of you that you possibly can be. Like, mm. wouldn't you be happy for someone? In a way, my ex-girlfriend, like she was happy like she put on this you know a front okay but i knew that she she was upset she was okay. upset and she mentioned a few times that she was upset yeah all right yeah, yeah. that's tough <sighs> yeah two yeah. ex-boyfriends that's tough yeah she has a type yeah i know that's... i know and then oh <laughs> just it's just a bit awkward yeah well maybe she just attracts gay guys that don't know they're gay yet <laughs> maybe, i don't know maybe 
she has a gift. A, well, you, you know, she's it's a sad gift. <laughs> it's a sad gift. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a superpower. <laughs> It's a a gift of sorts. Yeah. Last year was huge. Yeah. uh, For marriage equality in Australia. Well, it could have been huger. Could have been huger. That's a word. But it wasn't. Um, So America, was it last year US? I think it was 2014. And then parts of the UK did and everyone Mm -hmm. wanted Australia to follow suit. And the bill was introduced and there was just thousands of people rallying all over the country. Absolutely. Were you at those rallies in Hobart? Yeah, in Hobart. We had a big rally last year, which was awesome. Mm. And uh, I was asked to make a speech there, which was so, I was so nervous. I never made a speech like that before. I watched that speech before I met you. I was literally on the other side of the country in WA. And is that the first time you actually spoke Openly, yeah, to a crowd that big. How yes. thousands of people I mean, I've spoken openly about it on the radio, yeah. but it's different when it's just in a studio oh, yeah. and you no can't one around. See people from in here. No, so yeah, I spoke openly in front of a big crowd of people, which was really nerve wracking, but at the same time, it was really thrilling getting you know my story out there and just pushing again for support for marriage equality. And then, you know, putting that online as well, because not everyone can come to those rallies. Yeah. To get it out there online as well is another good avenue for people to see it and then so know, watch throw by, their support. It's been watched thousands of times. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what did you talk about in that video? Your dad's reaction. Yeah. Dad's reaction. You how he said grand- he'd never get any grandkids yeah, and all that's that kind of I thing. Yeah, that's where I first told that yep. story. <laughs> and you also, did you talk about your grandma's reaction in there as well? Nan has asked me, she's, uh, Nan's come up to me before and she said, now how do things work in the bedroom? <laughs> And I, I just said, well, I mean, you can work that one out on your own, but I'm not talking with you, my grandmother, about that. You being a Christian, a strong Christian woman, I'm not talking with you about that, Nan. Sorry. You, there's there's such love, thing as Google if you. Yeah, I was like, just, I mean, just give oh. her YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell her to Google it. Oh, that's dangerous. Oh, that is very Your dangerous. Your nan would end up at the hypnotist. She would. Going, I'm Googling things I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to whinge, but I want to wear a crop top out at night and it's too cold. I hate getting treated like a criminal when I come back into my own country. You know, go on holidays in Europe, get welcomed everywhere, stamp my passport, come back to Australia. Where have you been? What have you done? We're going to search your bags. You've done something naughty, haven't you? No, I haven't. I've just gone on a holiday and come back. I want to go home. I'm going to have a shower. I want to rest. I'm sorry to whinge, but I don't want to get collagen, but I've got frown lines. <laughs> I'm out of socks, but I don't want to do my washing, so I'm going to go to Kmart and buy a $3 set of socks. <laughs> I do that with underwear sometimes. <laughs> At this point, you get to nominate someone who actually has been a whinge this week. Oh, and in the world or in oh. your life, like whether someone has actually whinged to you, and you Ooh. were like, "So last week, Louisa whinged about people complaining about barbecue shaped flavors." Oh, right. You start while I think. Okay, my whinge nomination of the week is I was, <laughs> I was at the physio, and um, would I call her a whinger? Yeah, I'm going to call her a whinger. Mm. There was a lady in front of me trying to make a booking for her next appointment mm-hmm. and every suggestion the secretary would give her, she was too busy. She was like, what about four o'clock next Wednesday? She's like, no, 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 that's, 
that's my gym class. I can't miss that. And it's really important. And then she was like, what about, you know, this time? She's like, no, no, no. That's my hair appointment. Uh, I can't miss that. And I was like, can you just pick a time? You give the woman a time. Because I just want to book my appointment yeah. and get out of here and go uh, home and eat. But she was just like, her life was too busy for her neck. And I was like, oh my, do you, okay, we get it. You're booked every night of the week. <laughs> just my God. sacrifice something. I'm sure yep. the girls at lunch will get over your absence at least once. Okay. Wind alert there. Wind, oh, big, I just wanted to just, I don't want to encourage violence, but I wanted to slap that woman on the face. Oh my God. You should have <laughs> done it. Okay. I've got one. Okay. Okay. Who's your whinge? That woman from the Sydney beaches who... Uh, lost her pool to the erosion from the big, you know, East Coast storms this week. I mean, whinge. That's, I don't know how to feel about this because it's, it's pretty dramatic, the uh, damage oh, that's happened on, on the East Coast. <laughs> Actually, that is pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> well. How dare you um, whinge about your entire eye being washed up by the ocean? Yeah, actually. Well, I mean, it only washed the pool out. The in-ground pool. I'm pretty sure the rest of the house oh, isn't sh- in a good... <laughs> shit, maybe. Okay. I, 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 can I subtract this? <laughs> Stop. But, okay, no. Legitimate thought. Last night watching the news. So, is this fair? Like, is it ethical, maybe? Hmm. That I feel less sympathy for the people who have lost their mansions... Right? No. Yeah, compared yeah, to go like, on. Compared to the Tassie farmer who I watched oh. last night talk about watching a hundred of his cattle go downstream. Like, oh my is God, it, yeah. Like that, I mean, that's legitimately No, no, I am horrible. totally with you. I, it's weird. I, I also don't really feel heaps of sympathy for the multi-million dollar homes that have been lost to the sea. Yeah. Because there are people, genuine hardworking people, and I'm sure the people in Sydney are hardworking as well, but all yeah. these... Tasmanians, they're close to home and they have lost so much of their cattle. Their dairy farms are, have been submerged or the dairy cows. I know. And it's because we're Tassie. Yeah. We're Tasmanians. I don't know. And like, does that make us bad people? Like, no one deserves to Doesn't, have their No. We're just, we're just more patriotic up. to our own state. But, you know, a hundred cattle versus one mansion. Yeah, I know. But, you know. And that's income because they lose those cows, they yeah. lose the milk, they lose their income. But initially you want to stick with your nomination for the for the specifically the lady yeah. with the pool. The woman at the pool, yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't take that back. Nah. Big love to all the Tassie farmers though. <laughs> good. All right. I think we've redeemed ourselves. All right, good. <laughs> I'm not an arsehole, I swear. Thanks for sharing, Maddie. That's all right. We liked you for the first 15 minutes of this podcast. I'm saying now everyone hates me. (laughs) Bye. Uh, um, At this point, I should be like, hey, don't forget to subscribe and say nice things. Yeah. Um, Say nice things. Don't say nasty things about people losing their house like me. No, no. Don't be like Matt. (laughs) I'm not normally like this, I swear. Yeah, subscribe, say nice stuff, put some stars next to it, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Matt. Bye.